Welcome to Season 2 of Sound Mind, a podcast about physician wellness and medical culture. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline Gérin-Lajoie. There's no doubt healthcare workers have suffered tremendous stress throughout the pandemic. In this podcast series, we've spoken to a range of physicians about the toll COVID-19 has taken on their mental health. But for one group of physicians, the impact has been particularly acute. According to a recent study published in JAMA Network Open, physician mothers scored substantially higher on measures of anxiety and depression. Part of the reason is that physician mothers take on a disproportionate share of childcare. Of the 215 early career physician parents surveyed, 25% of the women said they were primarily responsible for providing childcare or schooling. For the men, it was less than 1%. In households with two physician parents, that number dropped to 0% of men. It's a number that shocked Elena Frank, the study's author. Incredibly startling. You know, we have this sense, especially these days, oh, that the gender roles are more egalitarian, particularly in these, you know, younger folks and relationships. And so it is really striking. And I think, I mean, we can it speaks a lot, I think, to the culture of medicine and, I mean, how deeply patriarchal it is and how so much has not changed when it comes to policies, when it comes to, to culture, that there is just a lot of room for growth here that needs to happen. We have two physician mothers joining us to offer a reality check on being a physician mother. Dr. Rita Watterson is a psychiatrist and mother of two children. She's in Calgary. And Dr. Shelley Zeroth is a busy mom and cardiologist in Winnipeg. She is also president-elect of the Federation of Medical Women of Canada. And full disclosure, I'm a psychiatrist based in Ottawa, married to an emergency room physician, mother of three, and stepmother of two. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. When the pandemic began, how did it impact you as a mother? And Shelley, let's start with you. So I think we were all very much unsure what was to come. And I think that the biggest impact was virtual school. Really, I have such great respect for what our teachers do. It was a completely different world for me. I remember the first attempt at online school, in my mind, it, it did not go so well. You know, we had to learn all these different apps and passwords. My daughter was uh, in grade two at the time, so was not independent, really had minimal screen time exposure in comparison to two years later. <laughs> She's a pro and we're a pro at virtual online school as well throughout the waves. But wow, that was such a such a big change. And then at the same time, I'm clearing out my home office that really had functioned as a storage room for eight years and trying to turn it into a home office as well. It was incredibly challenging and and stressful, I think, for both her uh, and for me. And Rita, how about you? At the start of the pandemic, I think was especially challenging for our family. Our second baby was born on the leap year in 2020. And then the pandemic hit just a couple of weeks after that. And then my mother passed away just shortly after that. 
And then my husband, as an internist, started on the COVID wards immediately at that at that point. And so I think just the culmination of all those factors, which at that point was somewhat unique for an individual, but not unique during the pandemic as we all experienced so much loss and grief, was particularly difficult to wade through. That stated, Shelley, I'm very lucky that my children are not school age. My children are four and two. And so in a lot of ways, they were sheltered from those exposures. And we were able to trudge through day by day as having a, as having two little ones in our house. Yes, and I'm sorry for your loss, Rita, during that uh, difficult time. One of the biggest findings from the JAMA study was that physician moms reported greater symptoms of anxiety and depression during the pandemic than physician dads. Are you seeing a similar impact on your well-being or on that of your female colleagues? I think the a large portion of the weight of this pandemic has been on women in healthcare in general, more women on the front lines in both physician and nursing roles. A lot more of the home, I guess, workload is their responsibility as well, as the study pointed out. And of course, this will translate into more depression and anxiety. And it really forces you to do what you can for your wellness and your well-being and to reach out to your colleagues and your peer support. This, you know, I, I keep saying it took a village to get through this. I just, I remember the incredible amount of fear I had as we entered the pandemic. And, you know, as a double physician family, you're, you're scared. Like you're, you are going to be exposed, not the people in your neighborhood, you know, they're at home hunkered down. You have to go in every day and face you know, COVID. And, you know, I still remember because of the fear and anxiety, we actually, we did our wills early on. It's just like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but that's like the fear and anxiety that I had. We redid our wills. And I'm sure most people on my street didn't even think about doing that. So I'm in a, I think we're in a, I'm in a better place now. Just came back from vacation, first one in two years. And that really helped sort of I guess, recenter myself and our family. And Rita, how about for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not surprising to hear that women are suffering more from depression and anxiety during the pandemic, especially within the field of medicine. We think in general that women are more prone to these conditions in this phase of their life. But certainly, you know, when we hear the bulk of the childcare and bulk of these macro and micro decisions that we're making, during the pandemic fall to women, it makes entire sense that women can only tolerate so much. Our window of tolerance is only so big. And certainly that will result in greater burden of anxiety and depression. And in my department, I work at you know one of the bigger hospitals in Calgary and do primarily inpatient psychiatry. And there has been a, a number of female psychiatrists leave hospital-based psychiatry and move towards outpatient practice, whether that be the burden of a call, you know, the difficulties, especially that Alberta went through in early pandemic with our government, but moving towards to protect the mental health of themselves and their families so they can be afforded uh, a more flexible work practice that better supports them. And I thought that was an interesting thing that happened for our department. Rita, your husband is an internist. 
Shelley, yours is a nephrologist, and mine is an emergency room physician. We mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that in households with two physician parents, 0% of physician fathers said they were primarily responsible for childcare and schooling. And this finding actually led the study's author to advise young women in medicine not to marry another doctor. Listen to this. A couple months ago, I was meeting with a pre-med undergraduate student that I work with, and I found myself actually, you know, saying to her, when you're in med school, just don't partner with another physician if you can, avoid it. And then it felt awful that I was giving that kind of advice. But that's what, I mean, it, this is something that I feel like if you told folks, you know, you know, it'll be easier for you in your career and your life and your balance if you don't partner with another physician to give that advice to women. But in reality, that's the truth. It shouldn't have to be that way, but, but that's how it seems at the moment. Have either of you received similar advice when you were dating your physician husbands-to-be? And do you think that kind of advice is warranted? Rita? Uh, it makes me quite sad to hear uh, her give that sort of advice. As, I mean, personally, I feel very lucky in my husband and partner and who we've and the path that we've kind of gone down. But I can hear a lot of what she's saying as, I think, personally, of some of the things that we have done and, you know, we have put Luke's career in the forefront at times. You know, I think of his fellowships, his time on MTU, and it's hard to kind of negate the service aspect of his career versus mine. That stated, I think there are ways that we can navigate that and both personally and structurally to start to shift that dynamic uh, and, sh and reframe what we're trying to do there. What about for you, Shelley? Yeah, I don't think I'd make a statement like that on a single study in any any way. I would agree that the online classroom aspect, my husband doesn't know how to log into Google Classroom or Seesaw and all these other apps. He's never done it the whole time in two years. And so I'm the virtual school pro. But you know, he does a lot of the childcare as well, because I think academically, I am the busier one. And I have a lot of Zoom meetings and conferences that I'm on virtually starting to travel again. And so I think, you know, my career really has been supported well by my husband physician, you know, he takes Taylor to all the hockey and all the extracurricular and we really do share in the parenting. And we've done this really in the absence of a lot of structural processes that encourage that sort of shared parenting as well. As Rita mentioned, you know, we have a lot of policies and changes that could be made at an academic level to help support, you know, dual physician families and, you know, better parenting leave. Sick days would be great to have more consistently as physicians and that has really just started as a point to the pandemic. Um, but there's so many changes that we can make to really help support double physician families that I, I, I wouldn't discourage it at all. And especially in the pandemic, I think sitting across the table from someone who has an idea of what it's like, what your day-to-day -day life is like, it's, it's really important. I remember thinking that a physician husband would understand my passion and dedication for medicine. And I guess we're saying that like all couples, although there can be challenges, there can also be great benefits and great happiness. The study also showed that as early as residency, 
women are already making decisions about their medical careers in anticipation of having to balance motherhood and medicine. Listen to this. We found within six years of finishing residency that about 70% of women had already considered going part-time uh, and almost no men had. And you just see these huge gaps emerge very um, early, you know, all related to this sort of work-family balance dynamic. Shelley, you're in cardiology, a very demanding specialty. How much did the prospect of being a parent factor into your choice of specialty? Um, it, it really didn't for me. And as a result, I became a parent later in life. I was a 40-year-old mom giving birth. And I think they refer to me as a geriatric pregnancy, in fact, which shocked me <laughs> at that time. But so I really chose my career first and then sort of in my late 30s, appreciated that I also wanted to be a parent and took a few tries, have to say. And I do see more young women making career decisions in order to facilitate being a mother in an earlier stage in their career. And I think this really does, you know, factor into what we refer to as, you know, a leaky pipeline, particularly in subspecialties of medicine, like cardiology. In medical school, over 50% of attendees are women. By the time you get to cardiology, 22% of adult cardiologists are women. And you know, the perception is that, you know, some of these subspecialties are less attractive and appealing to women because of the intensity, the on-call, you know, some of the procedural-based aspects of cardiology as well and radiation exposure are less attractive. And I think there are some, you know, important campaigns, particularly on national levels with various cardiology societies in order to promote more women to enter certain specialties like cardiology. And if you can't see somebody like yourself in those higher levels of these specialties as well, it's harder to envision yourself and target a career in something that you might be passionate about. So I agree that I think it's happening. And I, perhaps maybe the pandemic is making people really reconsider what their priorities are as well. I don't know if I would have made the same decisions coming if I was coming through residency during the pandemic, I, I, to be honest. And Rita, what about you with your choice to pursue psychiatry? You know, Carolyn, I feel very lucky that psychiatry is what I wanted to choose and wanted to, I wanted to make a career in. And I think both my husband and I were also very fortunate that was what I wanted to pursue. You know, psychiatry has given me slightly more flexibility than the other specialties in terms of being able to think about the juggle of motherhood and career. But I think that's incredibly unfortunate that I just by luck kind of came into those circumstances and women who are going for something like cardiology or surgery are having to navigate that issue on such a more significant level. And, you know, I think there's this idea of motherhood as a penalty and fatherhood potentially as a benefit. And that women, as they go through maternity leaves and time off and providing childcare, that we're, we aren't, as a society, seeing that as a, a benefit, but also understanding the benefit for the women and being able to do and m manage those multiple things. Whereas for a father, 
it doesn't necessarily come into that same sort of existence and thought form. And when it does come into play, it's sometimes seen more as a benefit rather than a penalty, which I think plays out when we see these statistics around our colleagues. Elena Frank says her study shows how medical culture is still deeply patriarchal. Where have you seen the inequality in your careers? Maybe we'll start with Rita. You know, I think in psychiatry, there might be more of a move towards gender equity in a lot of ways. I think the things my colleagues describe in other specialties and what I read about, I don't think is inherently what women feel as to the same degree of intensity. That's not to say that we don't feel those things as well. And I think about some of these micro decisions that my, my female colleagues and I are making on a daily basis and things like nurse's day, Christmas presents, uh, a colleague leaving and the, the thoughts around making cars for people or presents or organizing or emailing or these sorts of things. Recently, it's come up that it, this is falling on women primarily. And this is a very small little thing, but it takes up our space and our time and it takes away from us doing our job. And I think our group of female psychiatrists is becoming more mindful of when we start to see these gaps and these little pieces of what we're doing, not on the smaller level, but also trying to stretch up to the structural level to think about how we can have bigger conversations around that shifting dynamic. And what about you, Shelley? Have you seen that inequality impact mothers in cardiology? Um, women in cardiology, mothers in cardiology, I think that there are definitely some major challenges. Women get paid less for the equal amount of work. They get less academic opportunities in terms of being invited to be reviewers on editorial boards, the leadership both at the university level and at professional society level is not uh, representative of the percentage of women who maintain those memberships as well. In terms of promotion as well, the number of women who make it to rank a professor in medicine is extremely low and not not equitable. There, there are so many challenges everywhere, Carolyn. I think that you know, there's there are efforts to, I guess, initiate equity programs. I think we've got so much work to do. We're just just starting to see some favorable changes that will help promote more women in medicine and get us to those decision-making tables that can hopefully influence policy and, and procedures to bring more women to the face of medical leadership. And Shelley, as a follow-up, do you believe that the pandemic has made all this even worse, even harder? I see pros and cons to how the pandemic has influenced maybe not just women in medicine, but the medical workplace. I think that there is a much greater ability for a flexible work schedule now. So I'm considered to be working from home still, right? I'm not staying at home with the kids. I'm working from home. And so I think that the flexibility in this virtual environment is in favor of women. I think another positive aspect of the pandemic is 
the reduction in travel for conferences. At, at one point, I was traveling at least once, if not twice a month, internationally, nationally as well. And it was really interesting. Recently, the European Society of Cardiology made a policy change towards supporting more virtual meetings, a significant reduction in face-to-face. And they showed an impressive graph of the reduction in their carbon footprint during the pandemic because of less flights for all of these meetings. So I couldn't even possibly keep up with my conference and travel schedule that I have currently. So I think that has been a favorable aspect of the pandemic. And Rita, for you, do you think that the pandemic is making it even harder on physician mothers? You know, my quick answer there, Carolyn, is yes. You know, I think when we look at the data out of that study, that it suggests that women uh, are taking the burden of the work and that the pandemic has highlighted that in a number of ways that, you know, when push comes to shove, that women often will step into that role more quickly in, in childcare and home care to ensure things continue on in that front. I agree with Shelley. Like, I think that it has created some flexibility within our home space around working from home, which I think, uh, which I hope will continue into the future. But I think it's also highlighted these conversations around these discrepancies and how we potentially, once we come out of this and as we come out of this, need to be shifting this. You both seem to have a mindful approach to balancing work and parenting. What advice would you give to young women or even to your own daughters who wonder if it's really possible to be a physician and mother without burning out? Rita, we'll start with you. Well, I think my husband and I would both support our daughters in pursuing whatever career they want to, medicine or not, and any specialty or not. And I think about the personal strategies that we do that is to teach our children about how to have these assertive conversations and difficult conversations about topics that we value and care about. In our house, personally, in the workplace, I think about this phrase, name it to tame it. And that comes from naming the emotion that's coming up and thinking about what we do with that emotion. And when I feel when you know, a patient, my child feels anger or sadness or something coming up, it's important that as females, we address those things. Because if we don't address what's happening internally and start to externalize it with meaningful change, then we aren't going to be able to get at many of these issues, which we are trying to move. And Shelley, what would be your advice? Um, I, I think we come from a work hard, play hard family. Um, I mentioned we just came back from our first vacation in two years and didn't do any presentation, no recordings, no reviews. We laughed. We had so much fun. We played games and we've really tried to, I think, find a healthy balance during the pandemic. I think my daughter does want to be a a physician, despite having watched two parents go through the pandemic. She, you know, hasn't dissuaded her in any way. And I have to say, I'm just so impressed with um, her generation's awareness of mental health and just being 
comfortable about speaking about their mental health. And I think, you know, frankly, I took some cues from her as well. And, you know, about talking about your feelings and your emotions and your fears. And so we do that on a regular basis. And in part, it's, you know, also because of her cues to us. Yes, we do learn a lot from our children. Rita and Shelley, thank you both so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Dr. Rita Watterson is a psychiatrist in Calgary and mother of two young children. And Dr. Shelley Zeroth is a mom and cardiologist based in Winnipeg. She's president-elect of the Federation of Medical Women of Canada. SoundMind is produced by Podcraft Productions. If you're looking for resources, tools, and research on the topics covered today, please visit the CMA Physician Wellness Hub at cma.ca. And we'd love to hear what you think of SoundMind. Please consider giving us a rating or review through your favorite listening platform. I'm Dr. Caroline Gérin-Lajoie. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.